I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. Welcome to the Dune Saga Podcast. Your hosts, David, Scott, and Jim, guide you through the chronological epic story of Dune. Enjoy the conversation. Welcome to the Dune Saga Podcast. I'm David Moulton. I am Scott Herzog. And I'm Jim Arrowwood. And this is our listener feedback show. Holla! Yeah. For Chapter House <laughs> Dune. That's right. Chapter House Dune. And uh, we will be... Uh, we uh, So if you have if you're in the chat room and you haven't heard the other feedback, we are getting that out. That'll be out mm-hmm. this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the feedback for Heretics. So they'll come out. We'll have uh, a lot of podcasts coming out in, in, in June. So mm-hmm. that'll yep. be uh, very cool. But, you know, if you're tuning in, you're like, wow, how can I get involved in the feedback? There's a lot of ways. And, you know, one of the things up front that we do got to say is a big, huge thank you to our Patreon people. Yes. I didn't look at it. I know we have a new pa- Patreon subscriber this week, and I just totally forgot yeah. what his name is. But thank you, thank you, thank you for all of you that su- subscribe. You can go to patreon.com. If you want to support the podcast, just type in Dune Saga Podcast, and you'll get episodes. It's a great way to just support. Yep, yep. It's a... Uh- it's a monthly subscription if you choose to if you choose to do it, and you only and, get charged if you put out content. Right? If like um, if we are slow in putting stuff up, there's no monthly subscription. So it's a good way to keep us in check. Keep yeah. you for make sure that you're only helping us if we're actually doing something yeah. uh, the worth what you're you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. So, again, thank you. Thank yeah, you. So we do it. We do appreciate. Those of you that do that. And if you want to get involved in other ways, obviously our Facebook, our Facebook, um, dot com backslash Dune Saga podcast link yeah. will get you there. A lot of discussion happens there. Yeah. Contests, you never know. They just spring yeah. up and, uh, <laughs> you know, David's just like giving away books in the kitchen sink. Yeah. Um, we do that. Obviously Twitter is a great place and you can email mm-hmm. us at the Dune Saga podcast at gmail.com. All great ways to get a hold of us. Yeah. And yeah. Um, we do want to say a huge thank you to the chat room who is sticking with us tonight. We have a lot of people in the chat room. So welcome chat room. And if you want to join us, we tried to give you a heads up. We'll decide on a date for our next recording. Probably, maybe not tonight, but like tomorrow in the upcoming days. Um, and we will post that mm-hmm. and uh, put it on our Google page. Do we do that still? Yeah. Well, it's on the calendar. It's on the calendar. Uh, usually, um and then we'll, sometimes it's it's a little last minute, but yeah. And so, like, we had planned on doing this earlier, and it switched because of some other things that was happening. But uh, we'll give you at least a target for it. Yeah. And the next book that we are doing is going to be Hunters of Dune. 
That's yeah. right. Hunters of Dune back into the Kevin J. Anderson and Brian Herbert universe. It's action, 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 action. <laughs> yep, yep. It's like Mike, it's the Michael Bay of the Dune books. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of explosions and uh, Shia LaBeouf and, uh, is in it. And, 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 uh, Every character is played by Shia yeah, 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 and Megan yep. Fox. Michael Wahlberg and Megan Fox playing <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm tuning into that one. Uh, well, wow. we pushed off quotes, so actually, we this show does it. Does the listener feedback come out before the main show? No, it comes out after. Well, then, so It'll we said, we, we, yeah, it's gonna be great. We yeah. were gonna push off uh, the quotes because we didn't have them quite together when we did the main show, but we have our quotes now. <laughs> yeah, and that that's right. That's right, Jim. We have our quotes. He <laughs> coughed them up. Yep. So, um, uh, so, but uh, Jim, do you want to start off with some of your quotes first? Yeah. First of all, <laughs> you need to know that I'm talking to you and recording at the same time. <laughs> and when I cough or hack or do something like that, it doesn't go on the recording. So you don't have to point it out. Oh, yeah, well, you know, it's on my and recording. Now, so. now, if I pull out the loot, then you better be watching out okay. dude loot's out all bets are please off please pull the loot out please yes <laughs> okay all right so yes i i have three quotes to share with you and the first one is uh they're all epigraphs by the way uh we tend to become like the worst in those we oppose and that's a benny Gesserit coda yeah so there's that one uh, the second one was laws that suppress tend to strengthen what they prohibit. This is the fine point on which all the legal professions of history have based their job security. Hmm. Another Benny Gesserit coda. And this is probably the one that, that uh, struck home with me the most. Major flaws in government arise from a fear of making radical internal changes, even though a need is clearly seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that, said that'll, that too. That'll get other anybody that knows that knows me or lives in the area. They're going to call me a flaming radical liberal because <laughs> I I like that one. <laughs> that's, so that's, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I think about that in my uh, in a, a person that I know whose job needs this. They know the change needs to be made. They're just hesitant to make it. So, Mm -hmm. totally true. Mm -hmm. How about you, David? How about about your three quotes? Okay. Let's jump in. Now, mine, um, we're all beginning of chapter quotes. And I had, uh, clinging to any form of conservatism can be dangerous. Become too conservative and you're unprepared for surprises. You cannot depend on luck. Logic, logic is blind and often knows its own past. Logic is good for playing chess, but is often too slow for the needs of survival. That's a good one. I mean, Spock would argue, but we'll see. But he's not in this universe. He's not in this universe. All governments suffer from a reoccurring problem. Power attracts pathological personalities. It's not that power corrupts, but that it is magnetic to the corruptible. Such people have a tendency to become drunk on violence, a condition to which they are quickly addicted. All minor political this time. Politics. The art of appearing candid and completely open while concealing as much as possible. 
Oh, there's some good quotes. Yeah, some great quotes. Uh-huh. All right. I have three. Actually, now two because David stole one of mine. I do what and I can. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Just remember, you're the one wearing a red shirt. I know. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, here's mine. And I love this quote. Um, this is from uh, Darwio Drade in Chapter House says, confine yourself to observing and you always miss the point of your life. The object can be stated this way. Live the best life you can. Life is a game whose rules you learn if you leap into it and play it to the hilt. Otherwise, you're caught off balance, continually surprised by the shifting play. Non-players often whine and complain that luck always passes them by. They refuse to see that they can create some of their own luck. Mm. I like that one. And then as a teacher, I like this one. Education is no substitute for intelligence. That elusive equality is defined only in part by puzzle-solving ability. It is the creation of new puzzles reflecting what your senses report that you round out the definition. So, there you go. As a teacher, I like that quote. Teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's move into our feedback tonight. And um, so we have some great feedback. We're just going to start with some feedback. This comes in from Ryan White, who wrote in a pretty lengthy email, but we're going to read it here in its entirety. And then we're going to talk about it, guys, and see what we think about what he's saying. And he's been in the chat room. I don't know if he's still there. I think he is. Uh, So, Ryan, we're reading your email now. Thank you for writing in, by the way. And he says this. Hey, guys, I just finished Chapter House Dune again, and boy, did I enjoy it. More than I have the other times I read it. More than likely because of your podcast and all the Dune discussion. You know, I just want to pause there. There is something about reading books, knowing you're going to discuss them. That makes them That makes them a little bit better, a little bit more intriguing. So Mm -hmm. I I agree with them there on that. Mm -hmm. Um, Heretics of Dune is still my favorite time and time again. So he loved Heretics. Mm -hmm. It was also great to follow up the themes of it in Chapter House, but it definitely was a different book. Resolving some things, but bringing up larger questions and setting the stage for what would have been Dune 7. Mm-hmm. I preface what stuck out to me, having already read both Kevin J. Anderson's and Brian Herbert's Dune 7, Sandworm slash Hunters of Dunes. I can't remember how everything resolves, but I can see how Frank was moving the reader in that direction. You can also see how Kevin J. Anderson and Brian Herbert took a lot of that info and used it in three books they used to kick off the whole Dune universe. There were several references to machines and the butler and jihad. They seem random in placement, but after many mentions, it can't be accident that they're there. The horrors were really interested in learning the immunity from new diseases from the witches, which references back to the plagues unleashed on humanity. Other things of interest, the shimmering net and the two face dancers screwing around with Duncan. The end of the book gives a lot of detail about their origins and how they got to be who they are. But being able to interact with Duncan like they do and wearing the personas of an elderly couple. Ooh, we're getting a little bit of spoilers here. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> just warning. Uh, that's okay. I'm going to still read it here. So, Jim, just like turn, take your headphones off if you don't want to hear it. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm confused as to whether they are also the ones of many faces or that's referring to another set of characters, which may also be the handlers who are now... Uh, releasing plagues against humanity. Wait, uh, are either some uh, 
Better to lack new creation from the scattering, or they themselves are a different set of beings altogether who are now releasing plagues against humanity. Their futas are strange, uh, are a strange thing also, and don't really seem to have a lot of power, but seemed, but, but it seems like many seem to think that they're worth partnering with. Why? What do cat-like creatures who like to eat whores have to offer? That's funny, the way he puts it. Unless there's a horde of them. That's also funny. Uh, overall, <laughs> I did like the book. We got to see more of the inner workings of the Bene Gesserit and the planet changing to a desert. Um, and uh, so here are some of the things that um, he liked. Tam, Bell, and Dar antagonizing each other was great. Frank didn't overdo the necessary battle scenes in the book. The management style of the honor matres was explained along with how to trick them into wanting to become Bene Gesserits. The depths of things going on at an unconscious level and how the Bene Gesserits were manipulating them. I wish a flow would have been followed, would have followed heretics, which seemed almost more like the Miles Tag adventure guide to me. <laughs> I like that. Here are the most annoying things to me in no certain order. The rabbi. Okay, he's the most annoying. All the dialogue with Rebecca makes me pray for Cliff Notes version because it makes my head hurt like reading the Old Testament. Duncan and Marabella's conversations and sex life could more possibly be said between the two of them? <laughs> All the dialogue with other memories. Seriously, who spends that much time in his or, own, his or her own head? Can't they possibly think as much and in detail be left out? We know that they're wrestling with things, but I just wanted to read, not wrestle. Darn Marbella at the end was the final straw for me. The no-ship prison seemed like a prison for the reader also. It had to be boring for Duncan, but it was just as boring for me having everything set there with him and no end because, because the book ended with him still on it. I also disliked the waste of the of, of side tale in the book. He gets more action in Dune 7, but in Chapter House he was just an inmate who had... Much to offer, but didn't even get to whistle Dixie. The Void and the Ballet Dancer artworks were kind of dumped out there to not go anywhere except to get a passing glimpse from from Darwin. I was really glad to have Miles tag back, even if it was a creepy 10-year-old version of him. But having his memories sexually induced was a bitch mutt for me. Agrees with you, Jim. I'm sure you got all... I'm sure you got into all the sex talk in the last podcast, but imprinting Miles just seems sick to me. And now I'm ready to tackle Dune 7 again. Thanks again for the podcast. <laughs> so let's talk. Let's talk about uh, some of the things that he's talking about here. Uh, anything you want to tackle, David? Why don't you go? Okay. First, I want to say, and uh, without revealing anything, but with, by also disassembling some spoilerish things, um, the two people f screwing around with Duncan in the vision are not handlers and they are not face dancers. Ooh. See, now, now, now you're, uh, have me curious. Yeah. yeah you have me curious. So, um, Jim, anything he's saying that sticks out to you here? Oh yeah. The, uh, you know, the imprinting of, of tag yeah. or the attempted imprinting of tag. I, I was shocked mm -hmm. at that, at that episode. Of this book, uh, otherwise, yeah, he's pretty well right on with what I what I think. Also, I like the book pretty good, but um, there there were some things that could be better. I like his comment on the rabbi because I was so tired of. It's like they. It's like he had the he got the point across of the rabbi being reserved, 
in, in like the first couple conversations with Rebecca, and then it just like kept coming back over and over again. Like, All right. Well, you know, I I grew up in a neighborhood where we had a lot of my a lot of my friends were Jewish, and uh, the rabbi was was spot on. No, really, exactly the way he was supposed to be. If he had been any less moralizing, I would have been shocked. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think part of what I liked about what he had to say um, uh, that struck me was that you talked about how he wished the flow would have followed heretics. And maybe what bothered me about, and the reason that book, that chapter house for me, uh, rated so low, was, was less to do with the content and more with coming out of chapter house, which seemed to have a pretty solid story in its different veins, and coming into this where the stories seem kind of muddied. Inheritance of the chapter house. Yes. Yeah. Did I reverse that? Yeah, yeah. What, 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 so anyways, but in Heretics, it was much clearer than it was in chapter mm-hmm. house, So, Well, that beginning, like I, I mentioned in the main show, was was just kind of confusing. Like it, it, You know, the other books, you get dumped into things, and somehow it works. Like you, you're like, oh, okay. You get back into things. It's been 30 years. Like, right, right. We got figure, this. we figure we figure it out along the way, and we're okay. Right. This one, they're like, oh yeah, all these things happen, but it's only been like a year and a half, and it just it doesn't. And then they speed things up like over one chapter. Like it's like eight years passes by, and it's just confusing. Yeah, um, and I agree. The void in the ballet dancer. It's a good throwback. The Void, at least, is a good throwback, but we are kind of left hanging. Mm-hmm. There's not much to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the chat room's saying that that uh, most teenage boys would have liked uh, some of the content. But he's 10 years old. He's 10 years old. Like, But even Mirabella Mar- and, and Duncan stuff, right? Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no way, like. I, I, I don't know. Whatever. That's right. I'm speechless. I am speechless. Yeah. Bridge uh, of Fifth Chris says, David and I know. We know. And we know. Yeah. But Jim's like, yeah, but with others watching? <laughs> I don't know. Voyeuristic tendencies or exhibition. But, yeah. Well, um, let's uh, move but, on. Well, one other thing. I, I did like what he said. No ship prison seemed like a prison for the reader as well. Yeah. Agreed. Uh-huh. I wanted Duncan off that freaking ship. And he at least takes case, but he's still on the freaking ship. Yeah, I mean, and is there an end to that? Who knows? You do. I well, yeah, yeah, you do. Me and so Bridge know. Yeah, you and Bridge are <laughs> uh, Well, he w- he was looking for an escape at one point, wasn't he? But well, he got an escape. Know. But I think I think that the escape he was looking for was exactly what happened, wasn't it? To to take the no ship. Yeah, I agree. I think I think, so, that, I think that was intentional and purpose purposeful. So yeah. Well, Jim, why don't you read the next piece of listener feedback that we have here? Okay, we'll do. Uh, it's from Roland Smoker. It says, hi, David, Scott, and Jim. I did not enjoy this book as much as other Frank Herbert books. I felt the first three-fourths of the book was boring, and I found the last one-fourth confusing. I also didn't like the multiple cliffhangers at the end. There were more cliffhangers than any of Frank Herbert's other books. out of character for him. I give this book a three out of five. So he agrees with you, Scott. Yes. Um, I did. <laughs> I did want to point one thing out. It was interesting that we saw the mass destruction of planets from the other side. Earlier in the series, Paul Moadib's jihad obliterated many planets 
And now we see the Bene Gesserits fleeing from the honored maters who are destroying their planets. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. How old was Shiana? I thought she and Duncan were kind of the same age. Well, she's like in her 20s, right? Yeah, I it, thought she, in my mind, Duncan, 23, 24. And how old, how old is Tag at time of 10, 10 or 11? 10 when he's okay. banging the chick to work his memories. Okay. Hypothetically, 10 years down the road, not such a big deal. No, no, absolutely, absolutely not. If you ten years, ten years down the road, but what I'm getting at is, they said she was a cougar, and I was like, I don't know. I mean, I mean, ten years down the road, I wouldn't have. Like, if he was, if he was twenty and she's thirty something, I wouldn't say she was was a cougar. No. Okay. I just got I just got distracted by a comment yeah. in the chat. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, back to Roland's. Back to Roland's. Uh, so, I uh, guess, any thoughts on uh, what he's saying here? I mean, he agrees with me, so it, Roland and I are best buds now because we're the same number. But um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Were there more cliffhangers in this book than other books? Well, I don't, I mean, yeah. I mean, but it's not unusual for him to end books on a cliff note, cliffhanger. Right. I mean, look at even Children of Dune, which is the end of a trilogy, Ends kind of ambiguously. Well, cer- certainly Dune did. I mean, yeah. Well, I guess. I, excuse me, Dune Messiah did. You, you have him walking out in the desert, and psh, that's it. Right. I think Dune Messiah had just as many, just as many cliffs, cliffhangers. So maybe it's a middle of a book thing for Frank. Yeah, I think that, that could be. Yeah. 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 Um. So. And what do you think about the whole comment on the mass destruction of planets? I hadn't thought of that, and I thought that was. I think that's actually a really cool perspective. Yeah. Jim, yeah, thoughts? And then, well, and then even, yeah, taking that one step further, the jihad not only obliterated many planets, but it completely obliterated their style of government. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There well, was there was no more representation and no more chome and no more many, many things that were considered normal it, it didn't even represent a republic anymore oh yeah absolutely no i totally agree with that mm-hmm. well david why don't you read uh jason Steele's email so thank you jason for uh writing in and uh yeah. go ahead. hey guys let me get a better reading angle hey guys just a random thought here i was listening to god emperor of dune last night while making dinner, and there was a conversation between Maneo and Leto II that I found interesting, and it got me thinking. It kind of turned into a theory that I have as well. I have yet to read Heretics, Chapter House Hunters, and Sandworms of Dune, so as I am not yet sure about this theory is true, or just my lost side of my brain. As Referencing in, the book, the series. The series, the television series. Uh, thinking of random theories. Hui Nori is Santa, Serena Butler as a Gola created by the Ixians. Let me explain how I came to this theory. During a conversation between Leto and Maneo, Leto, dis- Leto mentions how Hui makes me recall the Butlerian Jihad in a poignant way. She is the antithesis of all that's mechanical and non-human. Leto is pretty much describing Serena, we knew from the Legends of Dune trilogy. 
We also know that the Ixians had the ability to create a Gola of Serena in the Machine Crusade to help move Iblis Jingo's plans to get humans back on track with the Jihad. They have created Golas to kill both Paul and Hui. Both Paul and Hui was created to bring later the second down. And we have seen that they are, all, are now able to create golas that have memories of their former lives, and Hui makes Leto think about the Jihad in different ways. That was something that was embedded in Serena's memories and herself. We also know that the Ixians give different names to golas. Hyatt, so as an example, was Hyatt. Um, so who is to say that Hui Nori couldn't be the name given to a gola by the Ixians so that Leto would know not know that it was Serena Butler? With Hui being raised in a no-chamber, this shielded Leto from knowing her past, so he would not know if, if it was Serena, Serena even, even though he was able to pull all thoughts and memories from everyone in his past. He would not be able to compare her past self and memories to his new vision, since he does not know Hui's past and was shielded from being able to view it. This no-chamber could have shielded them from being able to detect that Hui was Serena created as a Gola. Another random point is Hui is talking, talked about how she is gorgeous and able to make Leto the second feel love again. Hui is basically able to make a giant sandworm feel love again. This is very similar to how Vorian Atreides was able to live and be raised by robots and hate humans. And then one woman, Serena, is able to change everything he believes by being honest with him and show him true compassion. These seem to be traits that both Serena and Hui have. Who is to say they aren't the same person, just a different version? Just a random theory that I thought I would share with you guys. Keep up the great work, and I'm glad I finally have caught up to where you guys are in the reading. Wow. I can't yeah. say that I thought about that before. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting theory, though, and I, 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 I almost buy it the way he's explaining it. Yeah, although I don't... I don't... Robert Jordan would agree with you with the Wheel of Time, <laughs> but... I don't, I don't think that it's right, but... Who am I to say if it's right or wrong? I mean, I think that Leto says that it reminds him, she reminds him of Serena. But I think that if she was a Gola, she would look so much like Serena. He would say, this is Serena. Because he would have the memories uh, of of Serena in his past, wouldn't he? Would he? I can't remember. Her and Voyeur have a kid? No, they don't. It's her and uh, Harkonnen, dude. What's his face? Yeah, but I, I'm not sure. I, I'm, uh... but like he would have memory of her, uh, and plus they mentioned that she is the she's a genetic opposite of the other guy, and they really drive that home. So, if anything, she's genetically made to be like that other guy, but a female and caring, and all that other things. And he's not Serena. So, well, remember we are talking about the 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 Ben and. Talacts here. I mean, they they they're able to manipulate some stuff. We see that, and so if it is Agola, right? There's nothing to say that it, it that the appearance would be exact, right? I don't know, I don't, Jim. Your thoughts on this? What are you thinking about uh, what Jason's saying here? I think it's a, a great display of of an of imagination and someone who is trying to fill in holes. But a good but a good job. Know, whether it's valid or not, I don't know. I suppose it could be. It's darn plausible. Ryan chimes in. He says he thought it was a female clone of Malky, and I think that I'm pretty sure that's what it came like. What they kind of came out and said that she was Malky's clone. 
but just yeah. like the opposite of everything that he was. Uh, Ming, Ming Lord said that Serena was created after Frank died, unless she was in like the mysterious notes, which could have been. I and mean, we don't know everything that was made from the notes, and it could be. But I mean, Serena's mention is Serena mentioned in the uh, Dune books that I Frank wrote. I can't remember. I mean, the Butlers are obviously because of the Butlerian Jihad, but right? I don't remember if she's ever directly re- referenced. I think characters or so yeah. on yeah uh but that's a good point too that serena would not have been created and yeah it could be what they did was they created serena as an echo of we nori and it could be they they didn't mean to link it in but we would have to ask brian yeah about that later on yeah i mean that i mean that's that, that's really good what you said because i mean when creating the new character they would look back and say oh he mentioned that she reminds him of this person, so we have to model her off right. of this. And it could be, yeah. so I don't know. So, yeah, anyway. All right, well, let's move on. So this next one is a thank you, Jason, for writing in and for sharing that theory, because that was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Made us think a little bit. Um, Anthony Jenkins wrote in and said, Hi, guys, love the podcast. God Emperor is my one is one of my all-time favorites. The only series I found that comes close to Dune is Asma's Foundation series. Amazing. I would love it if you could all remember, recommend some other great sci-fi books or movies to get stuck into. Thanks. Keep up the good work. All right. So he's asking for our book recommendations, a series to get sucked into. Do we feel like we're ready to talk about this? <laughs> yeah. We talked about it on the last show, didn't we? Yeah. So uh, what what series would you recommend he get sucked into? Would we, would I? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Uh, well, if I were to say to think towards the future, well, like for, not just for us, but for him, he's. He, I didn't say like for us as a podcast, oh, okay, but yeah. maybe other we, series that because we talked about Douglas Adams, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for when we when we branch out of Dune, yeah, that's down the road next yeah. year. Or something. Yeah, but um, okay. So if we're going to talk about series, science fiction series, sure that we that you should branch off into. I'm going to take a step and say, I just read it this month. I reread the whole series. Um, it's a bit different if, if, if you, if you like science fiction, uh, even if this isn't your type of medium, check it out. It's called Y colon, like the, the letter Y colon, The Last Man. And it's a graphic novel series. And it is by far like, it's just, it's just amazing. Uh, it surprised me incredibly. I, I expected something completely different before I read it um, years ago, and then rereading it, it still holds all of the the greatness that it had the first time I read it. But it's quickly, it's just it's about in the same moment, all male mammals die at the exact same moment across the planet, except for one guy and his pet monkey. And uh, you would think that it would be like Chapter House Dune and just like sex craved filled, but it like that and that, that kept me from reading it for a long time. But it's it's not. It's uh, he's he's got to stay a secret and and kind of he realizes that he's in trouble. So it's yeah. uh, it's really an interesting read. By the way, just a side note here: a Bridgeratskier is mentioning in the chat room that there's com- controversy with the notes, and he has different theories on it. I would love if you could send us some of your theories in like an email and we could talk about them. If you're willing to do that, um, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts about the notes and just have your perspective on that bridge. So, um, so uh, Jim, how about for you, a, uh, a series that you would recommend for Anthony? Okay. I would recommend uh, by Nathan Lowell, 
Trader's Tales from the Golden Age of the Solar Clippers. Ooh. Absolutely amazing. Amazing book. Yes. Uh, you, you can't go wrong with that. And I think JP Harvey would agree with me. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think for me, there's two series that I would recommend. And one is going to be a very long read for you. And that is the Wheel of Time series. Um, it is, there's a lot of action earlier on and then it slows down the middle. But what keeps me going is the characters in it. Characters are deep. Um, and then the other one is the uh, Terry Brooks series, a sort of Shatner series, is expansive and continues. He continues to put out books in it, but I just find that the world, the story, and how it ties into our current world is absolutely amazing. And is that the Sword of Truth stuff? No, Sword of Shatner. Okay, or Shannara, depending who you uh, talk to. It's Terry Goodkind, though. No. Uh, Terry Brooks. Okay, sorry. Yeah, no, Sword of Truth is good time, but that's not what I'm talking about. So those are the two, but they aren't. Um, they're both more fantasy based than they are science fiction. Yeah, so, I have to be honest. The most of the books on my shelf outside of Dune that are like a longer series are are probably fantasy based, which is weird because I love science fiction. I just don't. Yeah. I have I the, the, the Foundation series is sitting behind you, behind and me. the whole thing. Wow. So back there. So, um, all right. Well, so let's. Um, uh, let's uh, let's move on, Jim. You're up. Okay, uh, Scott. Before we go on, I need to ask you a question. Shoot. Before I go on, are you recording a back? Yes. This? Yes, I always record it. Okay, good. Because I don't have a recording of the first thirty minutes. All right, very good. So I All right. just want to make sure. No, nope, that's All right, fine. Now I am recording. You better. Why don't you count in? Well, and if it if it sounds too different, uh, I may yeah. just I may just, just leave it in. It. Yep. So that cough will be there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah now it will be. Uh, yeah. All right. Okay, so at any rate. Do you remember everything you uh, said? We have to re-record it all, Jim. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, yeah, go you ahead. Type up, you type up the script. <laughs> all right. So anyway, we have a feedback from William. It says, I know this comment is from an older show, but I've only recently discovered your podcast. I was absolutely glued to my headphones listening to this interview. You guys did a great job. It was fun, interesting, organic in that it didn't feel formatted. Mr. Herbert seems to enjoy it, and after a bit, felt like he was having a personal conversation with me about things I was deeply curious about. Not personal or as in weird, but personal like in he just opened up to you guys. Nice work. Looking forward to hearing more and from William. Thank you, William. Yeah, thanks, William. Yeah, that was a really good interview. Yeah. And we didn't talk about having him on again. Yeah, he wants to come back on again. So we just need to figure out figure it out. Figure out how make how you know what how we can do to make in. that happen. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of been a mix of like where is the perfect place to fit it back in? Right. Like you want I mean, maybe now before we go into the other I don't know. We'll figure uh, maybe, it out. Or maybe afterwards to kind of begin to talk about some of the things and yeah, it's changes. True. So yeah. I've thought often that I would like to talk to him now, uh, now that we finished the Frank Herbert books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, well, uh, maybe we can make that. Maybe we can make that happen. Yeah, we'll have to look into it. We'll yeah. See what's so up. we'll talk. We'll talk yeah. about line eight. See if we can line up another interview with him. Mm-hmm. We'll see too what books he is coming out. Maybe we can tie it into a book release. Mm-hmm. That always is helpful if we can use it as kind of publicity and promotion. You know, I they were giving him. 
Away, the first book of the Hellhole series at Comic-Con last year, and I picked it up. But I haven't read it yet. Good. So. Oh, well, we have to. All right. Well, David, can you read? All right. The next one. Delicious Orientis writes in, Hi, Dune Saga Podcast. Discovered your podcast several months ago and enjoyed listening to all of your episodes over a few weeks. Currently listening to the audiobook version of the recent Star Wars book, Tarkin, and it is quite Dune-esque in its descriptions of his upbringing on his home world and his participation in the machinations of the Empire. Highly recommended. And he gave a link to it. Uh, I have not read any Star Wars books except Tales from Jabba's Palace, which I love, and I read most of Tales from the Empire. Um, I would recommend reading Tales from Jabba's Palace because they worked some of those stories into special edition stuff. Um, like there's a whole story about the guy who takes care of, uh, what's that monster that Luke fights in the pit at Jabba's palace? Sarlacc. No, no, not the Sarlacc, the, um, Rancor. The Rancor, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, there's a scene in the special edition when he dies, there's a, like the handlers crying <laughs> yeah. and there's, there's the, all that whole backstory is in this book. Um, I don't know <laughs> if I could get into the star Wars books cause they're not canon anymore. Yeah, they're, they're fun books. I read a bunch of the expanded universe, and Tarkin's one that I would like to read. I'm just not not reading Star Wars right now. So, but but I do uh, I do hear what he's saying. So, yeah. um, all right. So, uh, well, thank you, thank you for giving us a suggestion yeah. of that. And uh, those of you, if anyone's reading Tarkin, if you can give us your thoughts on it, that would love to hear it. Yeah. So this is from Liam Carnes. I think his name. I might be pronouncing it. A little bit differently, but hey, fellas, just became a Patreon. Thank you. And we want to thank you for becoming a Patreon. Um, catching up in the older content was listening to the Dune Messiah app. Just a thought on why the blind go to the desert. They are the drain in the tribe's resources and risk in open sand. So something has to be done. They can't be killed for their water because, as we learn in the Children of Dune, there is a taboo on this because of Jakaruto. Walking into the desert isn't technically suicide, but as good as and without the stigma. Sorry if this has already been covered. Loving the show, by the way. So the stigma of walking into the desert. Yeah. What do you think about what he said? I think he's spot on. I think this is exactly what it is. They're not, they're not killing the person, but the person's choosing to remove themselves as a burden to the tribe. They're not going to hold them back. Jim, any other thoughts? No, same thing. Yeah, oh, sounds good. good. All right, and then one other thing, I'm gonna Dave's gonna share some thoughts that came up on Twitter, but this is a conversation we had with 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 Rick uh, from Starbase sixty six. Is he doing anything else? Or is he still uh, doing Starbase? Ray guns, Ray guns, and Go Go Boot, and I think he is planning a new podcast about uh, about NASA and our space program. Oh, that sounds cool. That would be cool. Ooh, yeah. I'm actually really interested in that. You know that. what? You, you just let us know when he launches it so we can kind of pimp it on the show here a little bit. Yeah. I will I will let you know. Uh, I'm not sure when it is. I haven't heard him say anything, but I think we're it'll be coming our way pretty soon. Yeah. We'll be able to watch the launch from a Bay Area. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know. Uh, so, anyways, he, we were in discussion when uh, Jim announced that he was reading Chapter House, and he says that um, – he couldn't finish Chapter House. Um, 
And he said uh, he felt bad when he heard the circumstances of Herbert's life when he was writing it. He just couldn't make it through. He got about halfway. Um, and it, he just really struggled with it. And again, a, a little we, we talked a little bit about some of that meandering that happened and maybe the lack of clarity in it. Um, I kind of was on board with you a little bit here, Rick, about the way that you encountered the book. Again, that's why I rated it a three and not any higher. But yeah. Yeah. That's well, it. I mean, he he's got some strong opinions about the Doom books. I get yeah. that. Yeah. When when Rick doesn't like the book, he just cuts it off. Yeah. He did that with uh, God Emperor. Although he did finish it when we were reading it, didn't he? I think so. Yeah. I yeah. think so. So yeah. Dave, you are the Twitter man. I am the Twitter man. All right, let's head over to Twitter. Um, we got a comment here from uh, Matt Bradley, and uh, it's at Matt WBT. And he says, I have a vintage Dune coloring book at Dune Saga Podcast because everyone wants to touch up Dr. Yui. And then he posted a picture for uh, for it. It's uh, it's pretty classic looking. I mean, it all, it, it's kind of funny how the merchandise that went along with that movie it's from the from the the, the movie. Okay. Uh, so it's kind of funny that they marketed towards kids that movie. I would never let a kid, you know, hit up in that movie. Uh, also, Jarek at J R R A K says major computer issues at work. Didn't care because I had Dune Saga podcast to listen to among some other ones. All right. So awesome. Switching over, um, uh, the neo list list the neolistic kid says, uh, hey. Kevin J. Anderson confirmed Navigators of Dune is progressing well. Looks like we'll see it soon. Um, that's good so news that's for us. Cool. That means maybe we'll actually be able to do all the school books together. I hope so. I hope so. I hope. I wonder when the release date for that is. Yeah. You keep talking. I'm going to go look. Yeah, no problem. Uh, a big, uh, a big Twitter conversation gal, Plucky Chicken, chimes in. She says, "Did you guys eventually address the awkward dinner party?" phenomenon in the dune series because it's real it's real and you know i had never really thought of it it just seems like all the dinner parties get really awkward and something crazy happens uh especially in the house books i mean i guess that's because we're talking about like uh what do you call them uh like upper echelon upper society kind of things going on but aristocratic aristocratic thank you yes yes um but yeah, it is kind of weird that that's like that. Do you think that that Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson just wish that they were having dinner parties all the time? I think so. Yeah, maybe. Probably. Maybe. I'm nonchalant. You weren't even paying attention. I wasn't. I'm looking up this. <laughs> I'm looking at this. So maybe I, I'm like, yeah, yeah maybe. maybe. You got yeah, a good yeah, point there. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm saying Shut stupid it. things. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm agreeing with your stupidity here. Uh, um, yeah. I got one final one. Uh, Plucky Chicken says, letting the Dude Soccer podcast lull me to sleep. It's not boring or anything. It's not boring. It's calming. <laughs> so uh, to all of you who might be falling asleep at this one moment, <laughs> sweet dreams. Good. And uh, we'll see you on the other side. Jeez. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like, Delilah. <laughs> um, so you're hitting up some bad, bad reviews? I didn't do any bad reviews yet. You you can go and look them up. Okay. Um, so uh, I'm just looking for release. It was conf- this was announced in 2014 as when the Navigators of Dune. 
I'm glad it's progressing, but I don't see an actual release date. My guess, we're going to see that 2016. Yeah, probably early, maybe. Yeah. Time to get back to writing and editing, including editing the first draft. So the first draft is done, according to Kevin J. Anderson. He says the first draft is done for Navigator. Yeah, I know that. I know that. I saw Brian said he finished up his stuff and he was sending it over to to Kevin. To- and according to Kevin, it's done. So oh, whatever that means. So hopefully we'll see it soon. So, <laughs> hopefully we'll see it soon. <laughs> Jim and his loot are calming. You That's- know, we, we you know when we at the end of the episodes when we have Jim string up the loot, it just it really it just. Almost soothes me to sleep. <laughs> so. All right, I'm going to look up some some uh, bad reviews. Yeah, real quick. Yeah, so I'm not finding anything as far as when Navigators comes out, but I can't imagine. So if they had first drafts done, I don't know how long between by the time they edit through those drafts, how long it takes them to edit them, and uh, and then yeah, I don't know. You know, public put it put a publishing date out of them. I don't. I just don't know. Yeah. So, Minglord says smoking, uh, snorting cocaine off at naked ladies is holding up the book. Jeez. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, doesn't really sound like the gentleman we talked to. Yeah, no, it doesn't. <laughs> no. <sighs> wow. 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 I'll just say this 33% of people gave this a four star rating, 31% gave it a five star, 25% gave it a three star. 7% gave it a 2, and 1% gave it a 1. Wow. So, so people, people like, like this book. Wow. Wow. Uh, let me see. Let me go filter on some. Uh... So we don't have much in the way of bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's people just didn't read it. That's why. One bad review of One Star says, this book is so far out there that it is ridiculous. That's my um, review for Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't get us started in that discussion. Yeah. Thank goodness it's over. Absolute waste of time. If I could give this negative five-star rating, it would come closer to describing how I feel about this last book and the series overall. It's kind of crazy. 3.0 to 3.5 stars. After loving the first five books of the series, I was a little disappointed in the last installment of The Dune Chronicles by Frank Herbert. While I have always been a big fan of Herbert's heavy use of dialogue and philosophical arguments to advance the themes of the stories, I thought that its use in this volume was not as crisp and felt a bit too plodding. That said, I did like it and it's certainly not a bad book, but it does suffer in comparison to the previous installments. Now I have to decide if I'm simply going to... To uh, I have to decide if I'm going to sample any of the subsequent novels uh, or not. Mm. Those are three stars by Stephen. Yeah, so that's I mean, basically, it seems like a lot of the middle of the roads just they're just like it didn't live up to what it said. I'm I'm not really seeing anything profound here uh, uh, going on in the review section on Goodreads. So, what do you got? Nothing. There's nothing. There's no information on this book. Okay. So we did. They're working on it. 2014. They're saying they're working on it. Things are going well. First drafts are done. That's awesome. But so we can probably expect it end of this year, beginning of next. Beginning of next year. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe in time for us we, to wrap we it can up. Just, we can just write, finish it for them. We could. We could. You know, the other thing we could do is when we get out of the series, if we see that we, we have the three books left – and maybe take a break to do like Road to Dune or something. Mm-hmm. We could we could just throw one of them in. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's good. Yeah. Well, well, we'll see what we can find out. 
So, yeah. All right. Well, I, I think it's about it. Yeah. So, uh, once again, if you want to be part of the conversation that is continuing on many fronts, the places that you can hit us up are at uh, facebook.com slash Podcast. We've got our website, dunesagapodcast.com, where you can comment on episodes there. Uh, there's our Twitter, which is uh, getting more and more action, and that's at Podcast. Uh, you can always email us for your long-winded, uh, uh, more com- deeper thought things, and that's uh, dunesagapodcast at gmail.com. We've got our call-in line where you can either send in a voicemail with your email, or you can call... Oh, now you're going to ask me to look it up real quick. I Sorry. thought you were uh, right. One two six zero five seven seven Chad. One two six zero five seven seven two four two eight. Yeah. So we'd love to hear you. No comment too big, too small. So um, yeah, we read some lengthy ones. Yeah, and we'll be uh, heading in to Hunters of Doom next. Yeah. Let us know what you think, Hunters. Hunters, hunters of Doom. Yeah. Uh, I mean, probably, probably sometime toward the beginning of July. We'll do that. Yeah. So for the Dune Saga podcast, I'm David Moulton. I'm Scott Hartzog. And I'm Jim Harrowwood. And may Shai Hulu clear the path before you. Thank you.